Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. I am joined by Dalton Del Don and we are ready to head towards week three. Dalton, how are you feeling? Doing all right. Uh, last weekend started off well enough. My daughter lost her first tooth, so I got <gasps> to be the tooth fairy, which was cool. But then it took a, a dark turn. I had to make a trip to the ER. My wife took me. I've talked about this enough, so I don't want you know, to belabor it too much, but I have kidney stones. I, I bottom line is I thought I was going to die. Worst pain of my life. Then I had a poor week against spread. My fantasy teams didn't do great. So basically what I'm saying, Liz, is I'm, I'm ready to move on to week three. All right. So you want to put all of that behind you, just like Josh Gordon wants to put all of the, what, five, six years in Cleveland behind him and rise to the top of the league because he's been traded to the New England Patriots. Before we talk about this, though, because my goodness, have the trades on the Yahoo Fantasy site been lit, as the kids say. I have to ask our producer, Brett Rader. Brett, how are you feeling today? Do you have any kidney stones? I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here making us look super profesh. Dalton, some of the trades that I have seen for Gordon on Yahoo since the deal. In fact, there were just 25 just today, and it's you know, midday. Um, one for one deals have included Josh Gordon for AJ Green. Josh Gordon for Mike Evans, Josh Gordon for Zach Ertz, Josh Gordon for Joe Mixon. Do you think that that makes a whole lot of sense? That is crazy. And this is someone who's actually, I actually think, first of all, can I just vent that I'm upset my 49ers did not trade for, for Josh Gordon? I mean, this is a team badly in need of a playmaker. Kyle Shanahan used to coach him. It's just right there for the taking. And the rest of the league just lets the Patriots have him for free. Very, very, very frustrated. I think Gordon is in the perfect situation, the right environment. His locker's next to Brady. That team has you know, a whiteout, a dearth of whiteouts. I mean, Hogan or Gronk might get hurt. So just a setup for, for Gordon to succeed down the stretch. Having said that, he's still <laughs> quite a risk. I mean, for A.J. Green, Mike Evans and Earths, that really surprises me. That's truly surprising. That That is crazy. Well, I think the su most surprising part is that Green and Evans, I mean, Green has been a steady Eddie stud for such a long time, but Evans is also part of what, at least over the first two weeks of the season, has been an absolutely ascendant offense, one that you want to grab a piece of. I know that's traditionally what we've thought of as the Patriots, but think about other receivers like Chad Ochocinco Johnson, who have tried to join the Patriots and had 
who struggled catching on to the playbook in New England. And Josh Gordon does not strike me as a dude who likes to study. Yeah, I, I hear you for sure. Again, I just think there's a ton of ton of upside, but for those players, there's so much risk. I mean, yeah, the playbook is going to take them a while. Who knows how real this hamstring injury truly is? I know the matchup is right this week, but I personally wouldn't want to rely on him. I have him as like my mid 40s wide receiver rank this week. So, yeah, I would take a few weeks even before you'd really trust him in your lineup. So, again, I get the upside. It's as high as any receiver in the league in that system now, or certainly, you know, top five. But man, there's certainly a lot of risk to trade such a valuable commodity as ones you mentioned. So what do you think his value is? Like who is a player or maybe a pair of players you would trade for him? And also you have to just look at the strength of season. Week 15, he's at Pittsburgh. Week 16, the fantasy football championship versus Buffalo. Now, again, a lot can happen between now and then. But my goodness, that has to entice potential buyers. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably for season long rest of the season, I probably have him in the anywhere in between the say 18 to 25 wide receiver range. Uh, maybe like his teammate Hogan around there, uh, Kinsia Nunwa, Allen Robinson, Golden Tate. I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Or it sounds to like to me like I might be a little bit higher on him than you. I think you probably are. Well, I don't know, though. I mean, Golden Tate seems about right to me. That okay. that feels like a one for one deal. Um, very different players, obviously. But, the you know, as we saw in week one, you only need one catch for it to matter with Josh Gordon. I feel like I've been a Josh Gordon apologist for a, a long time. My only issue is also that I believe evolution takes time. And so I'm not immediately buying into him having a, a week three impact. Though, again, as you mentioned, the matchup is great. And you have him, what you said, as a flex in the 40 range. Yeah, right around there. Man, let me just say, I am, again, just so bitter. The Niners really could have used him. And now just to watch the Patriots get him for free, uh, he's just going to thrive. It's inevitable. He's going to thrive. I've already I've already relegated myself. It's just inevitable. It's inevitable. Well, another thing that's inevitable is that Carson Wentz is back to being the starter in Philadelphia. There's a lot going on in Philadelphia. My goodness, um, the Super Bowl champions decided that despite the fact that Wentz was just cleared for contact, I believe this week they are going to start him under center versus Indianapolis. Um, I don't, I'm a little bit speechless. Do you think this was a a particularly cogent move? Are you worried? Where are you ranking Wentz? Yeah, um, Wentz right now I have as my 14th uh, quarterback, and that's just because of the uncertainty with his health, obviously. The Colts' defense has played far better uh, Mm -hmm. than expected. They've been right in the middle of the pack at DVOA, just two games, obviously, but, but definitely better than expected. And as you mentioned, so banged up. This team, the guy that is the most interesting to me would be a Corey Clement. If Jay Ajayi does not suit up in DFS, he's like 13 bucks. He's a guy, seven career touchdowns on just 100 touches, 5.1 yards per carry this year, just an electric playmaker. And they just don't have any other playmakers on on the field right now. So I think Corey Corey Clement uh, is not going to be a secret if Ajayi becomes clear that he's going to have to sit, which it very well might be. But uh, Clement, if you're looking for a cheap DFS option, he's the obvious one this week. I think that's absolutely everything that you've said. I, I'm I'm lower on the Wentz than you. I'm actually the lowest of the Yahoo consensus. Uh, I have him ranked as my QB 18. And for exactly the reason you mentioned, not only is he lacking weapons, but the matchup, I think people think for so long Indianapolis has been a gimme, but not under this new coordinator, Matt Eberflus. You've got this kid, Darius Leonard, the middle linebacker, who looks to be in a complete, he was, a, I believe, a second round pick out of South Carolina State, and what a get for these guys. He had 18 tackles last week. He held the Redskins to three field goals. Like that, and when he, uh, when 
the Colts faced the Bengals in the season opener. Yes, AJ Green scored and John Ross scored, but that was not the week we were expecting for Andy Dalton, just under 250 yards and two scores again under what we believed was going to be a disaster of a defense. And, you know, I like if you're talking, you mentioned Corey Clement, which I love in DFS. I also really like the Colts at just $10 in DFS, especially when you think, you know, that Carson Wentz in August, there were reports that Doug Peterson said he was hesitant a little bit. He was just cleared for contact. As I mentioned, the weapons aren't there. They could truck this team. Yeah, $10 is as cheap as it gets, I believe. And uh, they totally impressed me last week in Washington. Man, what a mistake. I picked Washington to cover that spread. Mm -hmm. Uh, Indy really impressed. One other quick thing I'll say about Eagles is I'm I'm curious that Jordan Matthews with his addition, if that moves Aguilar out of the slot, because that's really where he's been thriving. So let's see how that usage pans out here in the next few weeks. I think that's an absolutely good point. And again, there's no speed on this team without Mike Wallace. Jordan Matthews is not a replacement for Mike Wallace. So who knows how this is going to work out. But again, Value, look at the Colts defense. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's 2018. That's evidence. Uh, Also, there's a lot of drama going on, and it's not happening in the Yahoo Fantasy crew. We are very kumbaya, unlike what's happening in Pittsburgh. You got Le'Veon Bell riding a jet ski, not a sea-doo. You got Antonio Brown doing whatever Antonio Brown wants to do. It's not being reported, you know, Um What are you making of all of this? And do you think it's going to have an impact on the field, particularly for fantasy? I don't know. I mean, as a Le'Veon Bell owner, I'm just annoyed. I know they took him officially off the roster on their depth chart. It's just annoying. But the Antonio Brown thing, I think it's going to be totally fine and much ado about nothing. I just was more worried about it. It looked like he was dealing with a calf issue last week, but apparently that's nothing also. So I have no concerns whatsoever about Antonio Brown. And if there were, if there were some ramifications, if something were to happen to him, it'd be big news for Juju. But I don't know how much higher his value can be anyway, man. The 27 targets already, this guy just looks like an absolute star. So I have no, no, no big concerns about them other than if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner and what are you going to do? There's nothing you could do at this point with that situation. Well, that that's absolutely true. But I do think the Antonio Brown piece that's interesting is that, you know, he was complaining that not necessarily that he wasn't getting the same number of looks as Juju. And this is a guy with an ego, right? He flies helicopters into practice. He has been on Shark yeah. Tank, like his haircut is special. He is used to being the best wide receiver in the league. And so Juju is a social media sensation. He's getting more red zone targets than Antonio Brown. Those are more hero opportunities. A.B. and Big Ben have had a little bit of beef for a while now. And Antonio Brown wants to be the hero. Like if Big Ben gets to complain about an elbow injury and then be a hero, then Antonio Brown wants to be the recipient of those bombs that Big Ben is throwing from his, you know, barely hanging on uh, elbow. And so I do think it's going to be interesting because you would imagine here that the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? That Mike Tomlin's like, okay, 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 fine. Just feed AB deep, whatever. Let him have all the touchdowns. But if that doesn't happen, then there's going to be some real consternation. And then, like you said, I think Juju becomes the... um you know, the Robin takes over the Batman role in this offense. Yeah, maybe I'm being flippant about the situation and maybe he demands a trade if something goes sour soon. And that would just totally shoot uh, Juju's value through the roof. But I expect more targets. I mean, Antonio Brown did see 17 targets last week. Just terrible production, though, to 67 yards and no scores against a KC defense. It's arguably the worst right now. But I fully expect him to bounce back. The over-under in this Monday night game is high. So I expect Brown to get another 15-plus targets and make things right. 
I hope on Monday night, especially with the lights as bright as they are and facing the pirate ship. Like we got to talk about that. Speaking about these bucks, this should be a high flying affair. Ryan Fitzpatrick has put up 400 yards and four touchdowns in back to back performances he has got this entire offense singing and you know what that's wrong he doesn't ryan fitzpatrick does not have this whole offense singing todd the madman monken has this whole offense singing we totally missed how a change in offensive coordinator might affect this offense we've talked about the receiving core being loaded we've talked about deshaun looking like a 2013 version of himself also lending fits his chains i mean that is love so what do you make of ryan fitzpatrick I mean, do you think that he still has that magic? Yeah, we all talked about the Tennessee uh, coaching changes in Chicago, but the Todd Monken has been the biggest impact so far. I mean, Jameis Winston did quietly get 8.7 yards per attempt in the second half last year. There are obvious playmakers on, on the field here. Godwin, Djax, clearly his speed. So this is impressive and highly surprising stuff. Man, how bad would Peyton Barber's yards per carry be if the rest of his teammates weren't going crazy? That's the one aspect here, 2.6. That's been very frustrating that they, they cannot produce a fantasy back with the rest of their players going nuts. One one thing of note here on Monday night, Joe Hayden looks like he's coming back for Pittsburgh, right. but it's tough to sit any of these Tampa Bay guys. I know they're going to regress. I mean, anyone can tell you that. But with Way Fitzpatrick, you know, his uh, his after his press conference, just how do you not root for the guy? It's pretty cool. It's the coolest story through two weeks of the season so far. And I think he's won over the locker room. Like why, if you're Deshaun Jackson, who is not a wallflower, right? Why would you ever want Jameis Winston yeah. to be the quarterback when you are finally getting fed by Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? It's working. Why Why break it? Why Why bother I, messing with it? I was skeptical after one week, but you do that against the defending champs. Eagles, I know that defending champs lately have had a hard time in week twos of season for whatever reason. Still, that's so impressive. Even if there's a hiccup Monday night, I'd be shocked if they turned to Winston week four. Did you know that Chris Godwin, a player that I was super high on over the summer, is still available in 60% of Yahoo leagues? No, I mean, you know, Djax is due for, as we're saying all that praise with him, what if he does his you know, yearly hammy pull? Then yeah. Godwin's value is even going to go shoot through the roof even further. I mean, Godwin has scored in back-to-back weeks. He's second in team targets. He has one more target on the season than Deshaun Jackson, just behind Mike Evans with 10 looks. He has a 100% catch rate per player profiler, which is a statistic basically that weighs caught balls to catchable targets. And in their estimation, he's caught all of the balls that were actually catchable. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, I have a crazy projection for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let me. So last week I asked you if my Chris Hogan finding the end zone was crazy. We both thought it might be, but but then it wasn't. Um, So Ryan Fitzpatrick, I have him down for 397 passing yards. So I can't quite deal with 403 weeks in a row and then also four four touchdowns. Yeah, over under 53 and a half in this game. They're at home. I'm not going to call you crazy. Why not? Why not a third week? You know, Pittsburgh, you know, away from home. They're totally vulnerable. I'm on board. Totally. I like it. I dig it. Thank you. All right. More fantasy fireworks that could be popping off uh, this weekend. Falcons, Saints, and the Chargers, Rams. Are there any deep players worth a start when you're looking at these two matchups? 
Yeah, Calvin Ridley is thirteen dollars mm. in the Yahoo DFS game. He gets Ken Crawley, but for he should be theoretically. He never can totally predict these matchups. But Saints, uh, another game that's an over under fifty three and a half points, could be a shootout. The rookie, you know, after completely being nowhere week one, had five targets last week, pulled down four of them. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot this week. So Ridley's asleep as Ted Ginn on the other side of the ball. I just think that's going to be a shootout. Whereas the Los Angeles ones, I know that actually over-under is approaching 50, but those defenses, uh, I expect that game to be a little bit more low-scoring. Low you want another deep throw for the Saints? Ben Watson. Drew Brees just totally missed him on a bunny uh, from two yards out last week. Should have had a touchdown. So I think he's another sleeper uh, if you're looking for a, a tight end help. I love Calvin Ridley. Seeing him get involved. Well, seeing all of those receivers get involved in the red area of the field made me feel much better. Of course, Matt Ryan running into touchdowns and Julio Jones seeing zero Red zone targets is, again, a very 2018 thing, I guess. But speaking of Julio Jones, he's been sidelined on Thursday. That's today with a calf injury, which I do think... And again, this is in deep leagues. Maybe Mohamed Sanu has some value. Yeah, that's absolutely possible. But he, th- I think from what I've read, he says he's going to be fine. And I would not shy away from the Marshawn Lattimore shadowing. He's lit him up before. I think Julio Jones oh, bounces yeah. back from a down week last week. I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd pay up for him in DFS. And obviously, you're starting him in all you know year- yearly long leagues. I also have to say, Ito Smith looked really good. Like, he's not he going to get a he ton did. of volume, but he looked good. He did. I'm a Tevin Coleman guy, but but he did. And the Saints actually defended the run far better than they have the past so far. That's true. Um, any thoughts on Austin Eckler, who's been getting a lot more run? And you, I'm I'm shocked that Melvin Gordon's usage is is as high as it is, right. especially in a blow. I mean, you have to imagine they kind of want to save him, although that hasn't been the trend over the past few years. Can Eckler get some play in this one? Rams are not a pushover. They're not. It's a tough matchup. I'd try to stay away this week, but uh, Eckler's obviously a, a very good player that deserves to be on the field more and more. And if something were to happen to Melvin Gordon, he would be you know, a must start uh, in all fantasy leagues. But this week, I try. This is a tough, tough setup this week. Yeah, the Chargers' offensive line versus that Rams' defensive line is certainly, certainly something to keep an eye on. And our own John Evans is great at keeping an eye on the trenches. I spoke to him and we are going to discuss two players, two star players that could be affected by their offensive lines. Hey, John Evans. Hey, Liz. How you doing? I am great. You have been entrenched. I couldn't resist (laughs) this season dissecting O-lines and writing for Yahoo. I wanted to talk about a quarterback and a running back because I'm having some thoughts. We're having some worries. There might be some schwitzing going on. Jimmy Garoppolo has been sacked nine times this season. Week one, he got sacked three times. But you figure, well, that's the Vikings. Week two, though, against the Lions, he was laid out six times, and the Lions do not have a pass rush. So is this an O-line issue, or is this the result of Jimmy G holding on to the ball too long because he doesn't have any weapons? Well, this matchup in Kansas City is kind of like the resistible force meeting the movable object. I mean, while, as you mentioned, San Francisco has not protected Jimmy G very well, Kansas City hasn't given quarterbacks any kind of a hard time through two games as Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers have shredded them in the passing game. I think that San Francisco's line has definitely underperformed through two games. Uh, Every starter isn't playing up to his 2017 standard. Joe Staley really stands out as being a lot worse than he was last year, and he is age 34. I'm somewhat concerned that San Francisco is just going to make anyone look good, as they did with Detroit, but I think 
this is going to be a, a, a chance for the 49ers line to get back on track and Kansas City's both defensive paucity and the high octane offense to force Jimmy G to put the ball in the air and he'll have success with it. So I think that this is going to be a, a net win for Garoppolo so you can relax a little bit this week. Hi, Dalton Del Don. Did you hear that? Things are looking good in NorCal. And also, for what it's worth, I projected, fearlessly forecasted, shall I say, 396 passing yards and two scores for Jimmy G. So based on your analysis, those numbers don't seem totally crazy. Well, I mean, that is a gutsy call with the yardage total. But hey, in the NFL this season so far, we've had a lot of monster passing performances. So and certainly against Kansas City, uh, both quarterbacks went over 400 yards uh, against uh, Kansas City so far this, this season. So yes, I do think that it's uh, entirely possible that you're right on the money. All right. Well, I appreciate that, John. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley because he was a he was a high draft capital pick, and the running back position, as always, has been ultra volatile. Although I think it's been more volatile this season, um, despite the fact that Barkley has managed over a hundred yards in back to back outings, there is a little bit of room for concern. For instance, he's seen an average of seven point eight defenders in the box. That's the third most of any running back. He's seen a stacked front nearly 45% of the time. And yes, he is evading all the tackles 13. In fact, which is the third most of any running back. And yes, he is creating yards after the first tackle 96. In fact, which is also the third best of any running back, but I am looking at him doing all of this work versus so much adversity. And I'm thinking about the fact that he's a rookie and the number of steps he's taking. And while he looks good doing it and he's getting action in the receiving game, is he going to wear down faster? And could he be a potential sell high candidate? And when I say sell high, I mean, real high. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with the running back market the way it is right now, he should be very much a sell high and no one should be thinking they're buying low on Saquon. As far as his health goes, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he doesn't profile as the kind of light, brittle back that uh, is going to get beaten up and wear down more quickly and isn't used to carrying a heavy workload. Saquon is as solid as they come. The dude is a little rock and he doesn't have the sort of upright running style that exposes players to injuries. So I think that he's he's built for this, but it, they are testing it to the max. Even though he only had 11 carries uh, last week, he's, he's, his touch volume is, is otherworldly. And there are big concerns on the right side of this line. Of course, Eric Flowers is the main concern, and, and this week he, he's going up against J.J. Watt, which is a terrifying matchup for Giants fans, no doubt about it. Now, the good news is the left side of the line is actually performing well. Nate Solder, who came over from New England, is living up to his reputation as a solid player. And surprisingly, happily surprising, is rookie Will Hernandez at left guard, who is looking quite good as a run uh, blocker. And after two games, you have to say, they've really got a, a gem here in Hernandez from the looks of it. So the the center position will be an issue with John Greco stepping in for John Jalapio, who unfortunately is out for the season. Uh, we'll have to see how that turns out. Um, there's definitely concerns here, Liz. If you were going to trade him, what kind of a value would you be looking for? Well, I think you can do, you can make a two for one deal. As you mentioned, the running back market is not exactly abundant, but I do think you could trade 
Saquon Barkley for a Jordan Howard, who is someone that I know both you and I agree is undervalued and who should have an incredible week three if you're looking at the short term and if you're in a win now sort of position. Um, And also a receiver. I do think you could get a Chris Godwin um, by low on Njoku as as a pairing, or you could also maybe get an Emmanuel Sanders. So if you could get a Jordan Howard and an Emmanuel Sanders, for Saquon Barkley, I think that might be an okay deal. I tend to agree with you there, Liz. I, I think that Jordan Howard uh, profiles as a, as a back who's been a little bit uh, hurt by the box score in terms of his perception. And while he hasn't had a voluminous carry total so far, I think that the coaching staff knows that they need to use him more and the game scripts are going to be good with uh, the defense improving, looking like they could potentially be one of the best in the league. So I think that we, we haven't seen the best of Jordan Howard yet from a statistical perspective so far. And I think he's an excellent buy who will not have the unbelievable usage that Saquon does, but he might be a better bet to, as you said, make it through the whole year. And he's a chance to get somebody um, at another position of need for you. Like I would actually favor at the tight end position, someone like OJ Howard for the upside there. But I mean, I I think that, um, that he's already shown, whereas Njoku is a little bit more still of a speculative play. We're not sure how uh, it's going to work out there. Whereas I think that, Howard has been a little more consistently involved. And I do think that Sanders is a great target at the receiver position. Um, someone who uh, the other owner probably didn't invest a great deal of capital in. And maybe his uh, or her wide receiver three or four, and they would part with him. I love the idea of a Barkley for Howard and Howard. It sounds like a law firm. sort of. <laughs> Thank you Load so up much. on Howard's. As always, your analysis is spot on and incredibly insightful. Where can our listeners find your work this season on Yahoo Sports? Well, the easiest way to see my articles is to follow me on Twitter. It's J-O-H-N, F as in Frank, underscore Evans. Well, thank you very much, John. And we'll be sure to keep an eye out for your article, which should post on Friday. Thanks, Liz. Thank you, John, for that. And you know what, guys, while you're listening to people who aren't me or Dalton talk, maybe listen to podcasts that aren't the ones we're on, like the Yahoo NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler, which is on Mondays and Wednesdays. We also have the Yahoo College podcast with Pat Forty, Pete Thamel and Dan Wetzel on Sundays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's on three days a week. And the Yahoo MLB podcast with Tim Brown, Mike Oz and Jeff Passan. That's on Tuesdays and very soon twice a week through the MLB playoffs. you got to love October baseball. I also love that we get so much love instead of hate on Twitter. Y'all added us, which is very nice. And we did something a little bit different, Dalton. Sometimes we ask for questions. This time we asked for your thoughts because we value you and we want to learn from you as well. So at Antisocial James, when asked which surprise player from weeks one and two did he expect to continue, answered with Quincy Anunua. Believing that the volume is just too hard to ignore, he's a big-bodied receiver with 4-5 speed, solid hands, and on a team that has to pass the ball a lot... Are you, Dalton, agreeing with at Antisocial James, also noting the fact that Inunua is owned in 67% of leagues but started in just 32% of leagues? 
So we are recording this before the Thursday night game. So before I say this, note that he'll probably go down and would suffer a grotesque injury or something because I'm about to praise him. And and this is someone who was really high on Robbie Anderson before the season, and I was flat out wrong. I I miss. I I didn't factor in the Anunua and the new quarterback deals here. And Anunua is just – he's the fourth in the NFL in target share right now. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, fourth. It's ahead of Antonio Brown and Jarvis Landry. I mean, it's Allen Robinson who's the only receiver in Chicago. I mean, it's crazy. He should have had another touchdown too wide open in the end zone last week. And Sam Darnold just overthrew him on on a broken play. I'm all in. I'm I'm buying, especially in PPR. I mean, he's going to – only health will prevent Anunua from from racking up 100-plus catches this season. Well, it's interesting because at Antisocial James is right. He has a big bodied receiver who's basically built like a tight end. And what is every young quarterback's favorite best friend? A tight end. So this makes complete sense. Um, I thought maybe with Jermaine Curse being added to the lineup in week two, you might see a slight dip in a noon was targets, but that hasn't happened. So, you know, I believe in booms and busts over the summer booms but I don't forget the whole title of the series we did but we did something and it was genius because I said don't sleep on Quincy Anunua and then I in my own leagues slept on Quincy right. Anunua so and, you know and, and that week one was weird too because they got up to that lead I, I agree right. I think that the Jets defense is improved but they're still going to be playing from behind more I mean Darnold barely threw that week one and I think it was like 10 of his 20 whatever 10, the percentage was crazy to Anunua so point being this is not a team that's going to be playing from ahead a lot of games they're going to have to throw more and Anunua was going to benefit at mark underscore columble 70 i don't care if i butchered it because there's way too many vowels in there for me to try harder (laughs) believes that patrick mahomes is the real deal he thinks he stays hot because of his great decision making and his cannon he does not believe him to be a fluke dalton i've apologized enough times for not believing in mahomes so i can't say mea culpa more what about you so the frustrating thing is I had him ranked pretty aggressively uh, across uh, compared to the industry. I had him ranked as my eighth quarterback uh, this year. I- I'm totally buying in. I don't think he – I mean, obviously he's going to regress whatever the touchdowns and no interceptions is crazy, but this setup is just perfect. Here's the fantasy points against ranks for the Kansas City defense. For quarterbacks, they've allowed the most. Running mm-hmm. backs, the fourth most. Wide receivers, the third most. Tight ends, the second most. That's insane. I mean, they're allowing opposing teams both on the ground and through the air. It's a perfect setup. He has, obviously, Tyreek Hill and Watkins, the speed, a stud tight end, a running back who catches the ball. So, I mean, he just combined the horrible defense and innovative coach. It's basically a perfect setup for Mahomes. And he is facing your San Francisco 49ers. I believe the game is at Arrowhead, too, which will be his first home game. First home game. And that's a crazy lit place to play. I mean, that is not a quiet crowd. Yeah, 10 a.m. game, second time in three weeks for the 49ers. That's not easy for the West Coast. Yeah, first home game, as you said. Now, over-under totals are going to change this year because scoring's way up with the new rules, as it was in the preseason. I believe eight points per game. But this one is 56 You'll rarely see that at the pro level. So just load up your DFS lineups here. A lot of cheaper options like maybe a Pettis if Goodwin does sit. uh, You know, go back to the well with Kittle, Brita, uh, maybe a Watkins. So uh, I I mean, the scoring is just going to go back and forth. Pinball scoring this week in Arrowhead. Yeah, I have um, Mahomes fearlessly forecasted to pass for 335 yards and three touchdowns. I do think he gets an interception finally this week. Maybe. Yeah, he's, he's my number one QB of the week. I have Jimmy G as my number four, too. I'd expect a full-blown shootout. Love it. 
at peanut butter boy. Oh, that's a good one. At peanut butter boy. Remember that meme from back in the day? It's peanut butter jelly time. Pe- peanut butter butter with the baseball bat. Peanut butter with the baseball bat. All right. We got to make that. <laughs> Sorry, our producer is just completely embarrassed for me right now. Anyway, at peanut butter boy. He put the A-H. I, there's no other way to pronounce it. Matt Burita is his surprise player that he is believing be in because nobody else in San Francisco can run the ball better. Oh, Dalton, you and I were both high on Alfred Morris last week. He has outtouched uh, Matt Burita. Um, in terms of goal line carries, he has two on the season and seven red zone touches. Brita has zero goal line carries and just five red zone touches. Of course, despite the volume, Brita is doing a lot more with his opportunities. Yeah, apologies for the Alfred Morris call. I mean, they were up 30 to 13. He had seven fourth quarter carries. That could have gone very differently for Morris. But fact of the matter is, Brita was much better. And he's the NFL's leading rusher through two weeks, which is just Ugh. wild. It also Undrafted. highlights how damn how down the running back position is despite the scoring being up. It's just crazy. But but Brita's a guy who'll be on the field in passing situations, maybe not so much at the goal line to Alf. And this is a week where they're underdogs by nearly seven points. So although he finished last last year among running backs in drop rate, still a, a much better option than Morris. So And Jimmy G doesn't throw to his backs like, you know, Bethard turned to hide like crazy last year. But I expect Brita to be out there, out-snap Morris uh, much more this week as the underdog. I do think Burita's earned a larger role in this offense, but I'm not giving up on Alf. Maybe I'm no, being stubborn it's, on this. No, but, it's, it's going to be a timeshare. I agree. Well, you know, our own Brad Evans worked as a history teacher, I believe. He was in charge of young minds. Maybe it was a math teacher. Sign. I don't know. Brad has done a lot. Ask him about his DJ business. But also listen to him talk about Eagles wide receiver Kevin Curtis from 2007 when we throw to him and his greatest moments in fantasy history. It's time to hop into the Wayback Machine for this week's Great Moments in Fantasy Football History. The Philadelphia Eagles may currently have serious question marks at wide receiver, but this week in 2007, it was a very different situation. September 23rd, Eagles, Lions, and a game in which the scoreboard operator burned serious calories and accounted for a combined 77 points scored. Whiteout Kevin Curtis, out from underneath the shadow of Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holden St. Louis, blasted off to Jupiter. In one half alone, he caught nine balls for 205 yards and three TDs, tying Lee Evans for the most receiving yards in a first half since 1987. His final line of 51.1 fantasy points scored in PPR was the single greatest week three output since 2000, no matter position. Curtis finished the year with 77 catches for 1,110 yards and six touchdowns, the zenith of his NFL playing career. Myriad injuries and a triumphant battle over cancer limited him to just 14 games over the next three years, splitting time between Philly and Miami. Curtis called it quits in 2010. Tune in next week for another journey through the fantasy history books. Back to you, Liz. Dalton, did you know all of that about Kevin Curtis? Um, I did not know that about Kevin Curtis, but the one thing I will mention you said, talk about Brad is, wasn't he a weatherman as well? Oh, yes. He was a, it's a meteorologist. A me- oh, he's going to hate me for saying that, huh? Uh, sorry. That's or You're going to cut that out. Actually. <laughs> well, that's uh, cut that out. Sorry. <laughs> and we are definitely weatherman. keeping it. We're laughing, but sometimes 
sometimes when you look at these values and the calls you make, you have to cry. So we already talked about how we were wrong about Alf, but we were right about David Johnson. So there's a smile. Let's see. We've talked a bunch of bargains. I've talked about the Colts. You've talked about Corey Clement. Are there any other bargains that you can think of on the Yahoo DFS game this week? Yeah, other than uh, Corey Clement, um, uh, Calvin Ridley, I mentioned. I will say that for a cheaper one, Latavius Murray, if Dalvin Cook sits. I mean, they're nearly 17-point favorites. Uh, Murray's priced at $17, so he's not quite as cheap as the others. But, boy, he's a must-start for me at that price if Cook is is out in that favorable matchup. Another one I'll say not quite a total bargain, but is Kenyon Drake at 21. I have him as a borderline top 10 start at home against the Raiders, who ranked dead last in rush defense DVOA through two weeks. So I know that Frank Gore remains and he's been uh, impressive through through two weeks frankly but but drake is still the the guy there and i like him as a bell cow in a favorable setup uh, at, at home against the west coast team traveling for an early setup you know i felt gutsy making that david johnson call and then it worked out so i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling myself right there i don't yeah. know if that oh, sounds yeah. the way yeah. i'm supposed to say it but <laughs> sony michelle i am not afraid of this patriots backfield I don't care. I'm going to do it. Sony Michelle for $15 is a crazy good flex. He out-touched Rex Burkhead last week. And when you look at the matchup, the Lions have given up 440 total yards to running backs, three over 360 on the ground and over 70 via the air. The matchup is money. I also like that he's got this dual appeal, right? He can rush the ball, but also catch. And I heard a little ish. Now, I don't know how substantiated this is, and I don't know how much trouble I could potentially get in for this, but I heard that when they went back and looked at his knee and did that cleanup job, it looked not as, let's say, promising as initially believed. And so in a Belichickian way, the thought is to just use him as much as like let's go run him interesting yeah interesting 10 carries first game back first game mm-hmm. in the pros in a tough matchup at jacksonville hey i was a rex burkhead guy but i i have buried him in my weekly rankings compared to how i had him before so i admit i fully would not be surprised if sony michelle just takes over this backfield right away uh electric rookie so he's exciting i like it it's a bold call so can you uh can you make it second week in a row for your fade Who, who's your fade this week liz Well, I'm fading Saquon Barkley at $33, another big name. But John and I talked about that a little bit before. I also, I'm going to fade Aaron Rodgers. I'm not worried. Like, let's do this. He is $36 at Washington. First of all, he's not going to have to pass that much. And if his knee is going to be a problem, like he said it might be for the rest of the season, why not rest it in a matchup? With Jamal Williams, who, despite Aaron Jones' return, is still going to get the majority of snaps because Aaron Jones needs to be folded into this offense. And Mike McCarthy is not creative enough to uh, go between the running backs, I don't think. I mean, this is a guy who like has continually favored a single running back backfield. Jamal Williams is only $17 in our daily game. And I do think that you're going to have Aaron Rodgers sitting back there and handing it off to his running back a little bit in an attempt to rest his knee. Matt Stafford at $29 facing the Patriots, though, that fool's going to throw the ball. And I think he might have a little bit of an easier time if Trey Flowers, who's the Patriots' best pass rusher, sits. Yeah, I'm totally with you on on Stafford. And and Aaron Rodgers... uh... Thing is, that injury could get worse. It's not just a pain issue. He's even admitted. So 
admitted that. So I mean, that's definitely a concern. So I'm with you there. Person I'm fading is Ezekiel Elliott, $34. I'm in general just selling the Cowboys this week. I picked Seattle as my best bet. I know may, maybe they're just done completely with Schottenheimer and it's a lost cause. But I think I kind of like buying them low after looking so bad and they're returning home. Uh, the concern with Dallas, I just think they're going to be playing from behind. And they, they've tried to incorporate Elliott in the passing game, but it's been with little success. And I, I yes, their defense has been better than advertised. But man, who who is the other playmaker on that offense? I think they're going to be totally shut down in Seattle this week. So I'm not paying that price for Elliott. I'm I'm wondering, is there going to be any rain in Seattle? There is going to be maybe some in Washington, but it rains a lot in Seattle, right? Yeah, I looked at the weather like yesterday. Nothing jumped out as anything too bad, but it could be could be some rain. Yes, maybe maybe you need to ask the weatherman, Brad Evans. Oh, I see where you're going with there. Yes, yes. All right. All right. All right. I won't live that one down. Fair enough. All right. I will. I'll get on that right after this. My first call after this is to the weatherman, Brad Evans. (laughs) On that note, we will leave you. Don't forget that we'll be back on Sunday. We'll record on Sunday. Me, Scott and Matt. You'll probably listen to it Monday morning, depending how good of a job our producer does and how excited to hear it you may be. And remember to subscribe and or review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. We're super accessible, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. Follow me at Liz Lozan. Follow Dalton at... At Dalton Dildon. We out. Yes! Oh, it's so good. Dalton, thank you. Thank you.